Good morning. Welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon here at St James. Uh, our first Bible reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 16 and verses 9 to 15. That night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace, and the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank, where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth, who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptised, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 23 to 29. Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I am going away but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you'd be happy that I'm going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I've told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's pray and ask for God's help as we consider his word to us. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you continue to speak to us and to lead us by your Holy Spirit. Would you fill us again? And then would you draw out in us what you want to say today? That we might see your truth and know you more clearly. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so, peace. Fantastic, that's what we need, isn't it? I, I just, I mean, you'll, if you've read the notice sheet this week, um, I wrote it on there, how much do we need that peace from God? Uh, the, the situation in Ukraine uh, continues to be heartbreaking. Uh, the similar situation in Yemen uh, is seeing a similar number of people um, killed, some number of people, innocent people suffer. Uh, but because we are in Europe, the situation in Ukraine with uh, Sweden and Finland joining NATO and President Putin saying, oh, there'll be retaliation, uh, cutting off gas supplies to Finland, there, there's that sense of, oh, Lord, 
send your peace. Send your peace. Would you just end this conflict? And then when we draw our gaze back from um, geopolitical turmoil, from the, the fighting between nations and the, the risk of it expanding and escalating, uh, then we look at ourselves and we look at our supermarket shelves and our energy bills uh, and we see how everything is going up. Um, depending on where you stand on the political spectrum, you will have different opinions about that. But uh, the fact of inflation uh, is there for everyone to see. And that will have that is having an impact on many, many people and on uh, their ability to, to pay bills, their ability to uh, to pay for the things that are needed. Um, and then alongside that, we are still we are still recovering from Covid. Uh, transport funders are still asking us to wear masks, even though many are not. Um, there's planned another round of vaccinations in the autumn uh, to try and keep up immunity within uh, our population. And for those who are uh, clinically vulnerable, there is still a, a, a great amount of fear about uh, potentially contracting COVID and what that might mean for them. And um, alongside that, you have businesses building back, businesses trying to um, pick up from where they had been, but with staff laid off and with numbers of customers down and uh, footfall around different urban centres, much reduced because people are working from home and they don't have to go into work um, or they can work from home. They don't have to go into the office. Sorry. Um, as someone who works from home, um, Sometimes I, I lose the right vocabulary. There is so much that uh, we look at and go, oh, we just, how can we feel at peace in the midst of this and this and this? But then actually there are lots of other things that take our peace, that stop us from feeling peaceful inside. Um, at various points in my sermons I talk about my experience of driving around Alperton and London and it's very hard to feel peaceful driving around London with the way that other drivers uh, act and with um, oh, you know, speed limiting uh, regulations and traffic cameras and all. I mean, it's good to be alert but it's quite stressful. Um, and actually, if I feel like someone else has done something they shouldn't have done, if they've cut in front of me or they've gone through a, an, a, a dark, amber, reddish light, uh, I can find myself kind of going, oh, how dare they do that? That's outrageous. And I will actually be quite upset about something that I've got no control over. <laughs> that actually probably has a quite a minimal impact on me, but I can get very, very irate about it. Uh, if you use social media at all, if you see Twitter, uh, you will see a number of um, people reacting to other people's opinions, other people's photographs, other people's um, statements in a way which is really, uh, really quite angry, really quite aggravated. Um, and there are various points when I'll be in my house and I'll be reading um, either the news or something someone else has posted on Facebook or Twitter or something. And I was like, oh. Can you believe it? Someone has written this. Could you could look look at that? Look at what they've written. Oh, 
I can't believe it. And you know, I'm not I'm not a keyboard warrior. I don't tend to uh, write replies particularly, but I will get exercised about things that other people are saying, even when again there's nothing I can do to affect these things. And that's before we think about our work, our families. Um, I mean, this weekend is the last day of the football season. Uh, and, you know, what's happening with your team can affect your mood and can affect your, your sense of peace. Uh, as a Tottenham fan, um, the emotions have been up and down as they have been fans of other teams. And we'll wait to see at the end of today uh, whether Tottenham are in the Champions League or not. Does it affect me if they are or not? Oh, it's quite nice to go and watch them play a team like Real Madrid or uh, Borussia Dortmund, but it, it's not going to change my life. And, and yet it does, uh, well, I would admit, I spend too long thinking about it. And uh, it does affect my peace of mind. It affects um, my own sense of inner peace. How a football team does in Norfolk this afternoon. So in the midst of all of that, and, and lots of that, please, please, please don't think that I'm downplaying the seriousness of the cost of living, of the situation in Ukraine, or um, the situations happening in our families. There are lots of things which have uh, genuine impact and really impact on our, our well-being and how we're feeling. I'm not saying these things shouldn't affect our peace. But with these things going on, how then do we interpret what Jesus says, which is, I give you this gift. I'm just going to call it up so I can read it again. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Well, there you go then. Jesus has given us peace. Don't be troubled or afraid. Don't be disturbed. Don't be worried. Don't be upset. Jesus has given us his peace. Now, my difficulty there is I know that's true. It's in the Bible. I believe everything that's written in the Bible. So why don't I feel more peaceful? Why do I feel agitated? Why do I worry? Why do I uh, show signs of stress? Why do I lose my temper? Uh, why do I become impatient? Clearly, those things shouldn't affect me because Jesus has given me his peace. And it struck me this week in preparing for this sermon. That it's really significant how Jesus begins this passage. And now Jesus is saying lots of things in these chapters. This is the kind of, um, this is the Last Supper. This is Jesus' kind of last uh, talk with his disciples. He's washed the disciples' feet. Um, he's going to pray for them and then he's going to go out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he's going to be arrest, betrayed, arrested and taken to the cross. This is the last couple of days of Jesus' life. And so Jesus says to the disciples, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them 
and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. So, the context for verse 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, peace the world cannot give. The context of that is that we are being obedient to what Jesus has told us to do. So four verses before, Jesus says, all who love me will do what I say. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And that's where I struggle. Because there are various things Jesus has told me to do. Jesus commanded us to love one another. To love our neighbour as ourselves. He has commanded us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. He has commanded us to go and make disciples of all nations. Baptise them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and teach them all that Jesus commanded. This is what Jesus told us to do. And so if we are obeying that, then it's reasonable to, to say, oh, so, you know, where is this peace that Jesus promised us? If we're not obeying that, then we can't expect the peace that was promised. Now, the way that I see that playing out in my life is that those times when I am obedient to Jesus, that I love God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. So I get up and um, I look, I read my Bible. I give some time to talking to God. Actually, when I do that, and I've got a sense of uh, God being my focus, God being my priority. Actually, lots of other things that might niggle me. It's not quite such an issue. It's like, oh, look, there's some dirty dishes to, to pick up from the living room floor. That's OK, because <laughs> what has God done for me? God, it's like That's a tiny thing for me to do. Um, but actually, God has already given me so much. I get a different perspective when I've come close to God. When I'm sharing my faith with someone else, when I'm helping someone else to grow in their knowledge of how much God loves them, I'm reminded how much God loves me. And actually, I go to bed kind of going, well, I've, I've, done, I've done my bit today. I've done what I can. There's no sense, I don't have the same sense of, oh, what have I achieved? What have I done? It's like, oh, do you know what, God, that, that, that was my best shot. I've, I've done what I can today. It's in your hands. You do what you need to do. Uh, thank you for being with me. I'm going to sleep. There's a sense of security when I know that I've engaged with those things that God wants me to do. And I've come to the end of the day and it's like, well, that's, I've, there's nothing that I've missed. It's nothing that's, um, that I should have done. Whereas there are countless other days I get to bed and I think, 
Well, I finished 25 levels of Candy Crush. Um, I've read four different articles about um, the North London derby between Spurs and Arsenal. Um, I have uh, played on my Nintendo. So, I, generally, there, there are a number of things that I can fill my time with. And I go to bed and I think, oh, and I've not done this. I've not written to that person. I've not sorted out the banking. I've not done this, that, and the other. And there's a sense of um, a sense of stress that I've not used my time well. I've not I've not done what I should have done, and that that takes my peace. Actually, when I'm in a good place with God, when I have spent time with my Father in heaven, I tend to procrastinate less because I feel more able to engage with the jobs that maybe are going to be difficult. It's like, God, I need your help. And then I can get on and do it. Whereas actually when I'm just kind of running from one thing to another, there'll be certain jobs I think, oh, please, I don't want to do that. I'll do it. I'll do it in a minute. And I'll find numerous other things to do instead. And while I'm doing those things, do I have peace? No, because I've not. I know there are things I should be doing that I am not doing. Jesus offers us peace, but peace comes from being obedient to Him. Peace comes from doing the things we were made to do. We were made to worship, and actually, we worship God as we remember that He loves us. That he's freed us from guilt and shame and pain and um, fear. Well, of course we want to share that. Of course we want to bless other people out of that. It just comes naturally. We don't have to screw ourselves up. To go, oh, I'm going to have to talk to someone about it. It's just going to happen. I love feeling at peace. I would love to feel at peace more often. But if I am not listening to God's Spirit, if I'm not doing the things Jesus has told me to do, then how can I expect to feel at peace? When I have a sense that um, you know, God is saying to me, don't do not do that, Steve. And I go ahead and do it anyway. And then I regret it. And then I have to repent of it. And I could have avoided all that just by listening to Jesus in the first place. Peace comes through obedience. Now, just as a, as a quick detour, you look at Paul in the book of Acts. Paul has a dream. And in his dream, someone from Macedonia says, please come, come and help us. So Paul tells the others and they go from Macedonia at once. In verse 7 it says, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. It's really straightforward, isn't it? Paul has a dream. He said to other people, I think God's calling us to get to Macedonia. Everyone else goes, yeah, that sounds right. Off they go. And actually they get to Philippi and... Uh, God does amazing things in Philippi. Uh, and this lady, Lydia, the dealer in um, 
purple cloth a church is planted in her house after she and her whole household are baptized it's fantastic what what happens there but it happens after paul has been obedient paul has gone where god has told him to go if you ever have a dream that is very vivid that that seems to ring that seems to ring a bell with with other things going on in your life with things you've read in the bible things that have been said in church write it down hold on to it and if you know even if you don't want to talk to another person about it talk to god about it say god was that you what is it you want me to do i've been amazed over this last 10 years the number of people from st james who have had dreams of god who've had visions of jesus who god has spoken to in a way that they're kind of going, no, this, this is i think i feel like this so i'm going to go and, and do this it's great but our culture at st james is you don't tell anyone you don't want to seem big-headed you don't want to don't want to be boastful i was like oh, but it's so encouraging to know that god is speaking and actually as we share it people's faith to believe that god might speak to them that rises up if god's spoken to you hold on to that because actually sometimes god speaks to us to effectively to give us a lifeboat a life belt a life, you know one of those kind of life preservers what they call it in america but like a circle that you can hold on to and then when things get rocky when the storms come when when we feel vulnerable we've got something to hold on to no no god said this therefore i will be okay even if okay is clinging to this life raft um, in the storm waiting for it to pass that's okay having something to cling to can give us peace even if the circumstances around us would really shake us up and knock us around. God is good. God loves you so, more than you can possibly imagine. He's not making you obey him for his own pleasure. It's what works. It's what, it's what you were created for. It's what is right for you. And as god's family in this place as we listen to god as we obey him actually we find peace ali's been referring to our 10 30 worship on a sunday morning as being a, a pause because we have these different languages because people pray in their own languages we have to give space to each other um, there's less sermon uh, the sermon's only five minutes because as we say this is the sermon the one that's going online so there's less talk and actually that means there is more space and god has been meeting us in church by his holy spirit in a way that has been so beautiful and it's been really encouraging even though we are still in this when are we going to go back to what we did before 
uh, this isn't what we used to have, this isn't, this isn't what we want to sing more, we want to do this, all of that. I'm not negating any of that. All I'm saying is there has been peace and there has been a blessing in being together the way God has asked us to on a Sunday morning. Now again, this is the this is a sermon. This is not the uh, APCM report. PCC are going to review our worship. Things are always changing at St James. We're always listening for what the Spirit is saying to us. Please don't hear that as what we have now is what we will always have in perpetuity. It's just a reflection that as we've tried to honour what God has said to us before, which is be one church, do this thing together. God has no favourites. Honour one another. As we have done that, God has honoured us. And in our obedience, there has been peace. Not saying it's been perfection, but there has been peace. So as we go into this next week, as we come to our annual meeting uh, next Saturday, Jesus promises he has given us this gift of peace. But it's in the context of our obedience to his commands. To love our neighbours ourselves. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And to go and make disciples of all nations. If we're obeying him in those, then if we're not feeling peace, we've got every right to say to God, Oi, I'm doing what you asked and I'm not feeling it. Where's my peace? If we're not feeling peace, the first question is, well, am I not being obedient? Am I missing what God is asking me to do? And is that affecting my peace of mind and how I feel? God is gentle. God is kind. And if we are missing something, he tells us we can put it straight so that we can enjoy that peace, so we can enjoy that relationship with him. So I'm going to pray, as I do each time I preach, that the Holy Spirit would come. The Holy Spirit would lead you into God's truth and that you would know the peace of Jesus. This peace the world cannot give. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that our peace comes from you. It's not something that we earn, it's something that we receive because of all that you have done for us. But I confess those ways in which I've, I'm not obedient, that I do my own thing and not your thing. And so I ask your forgiveness. And I ask for you to fill me and all of us with your Holy Spirit. We might have the strength to obey you. And in that obedience to know your peace. Lord Jesus, we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you very much uh, for watching or for listening. Uh, next Saturday, four o'clock, our church's annual meeting. 
Uh, anyone on the electoral roll is very welcome to come and vote and join. If you're not on the electoral roll, you can still come and watch. Um, if you've regularly worshipped with us for six months and you're not on the electoral roll, you fill in a form, you put your address, you sign it, and it says you're a member of St James, and then you can vote for our church leadership. It's really easy, and it doesn't cost you anything. So, uh, yeah, if you're not on the electoral roll, come and sign up. If you are on the electoral roll, come to annual meetings, celebrate what God's been doing at St James, uh, and vote for what comes next. I think that's it. God be with you. I'll see you soon.